things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> opportunities do you take them all or do you pass them up what the hell am i talking about well damn it don't turn the dial stick around i'll tell you the stephen a smith show coming your way right now what's up everybody welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, usually coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, live over there, YouTube, digital airwaves, and of course, beyond. Um, I'm on vacation this week, but I made sure to tape a few episodes just for your entertainment. I wanted to make sure I did that for you. Of course, as always, we're thankful in our studios, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. As usual, I'm always thanking you for the growth in my subscribers uh, because the numbers keep growing and growing by the thousands each day. Can't happen without your support and love, and I really, really appreciate it, but I'd love for it to continue. So be sure to like and subscribe to get notified about all of our new content. Click on the bell to get the most up-to-date notifications of the Stephen A. Smith Show, okay? Um, today... I want you to think about something before I even get into who I'm going to talk to. I'm going to, I want you to think about opportunities. I want you to think about what life is like for you as a frustrated individual, as you sit at home, as you sit in your own quiet place, wherever that may be, and you reflect on the opportunities that have come and have gone without you taking advantage of the ones presented to you. A lot of times in life, We do that. For the most part, we do so unintentionally, not realizing what's sitting right or standing right in front of us before our very eyes and the importance of maximizing that particular opportunity because we're very judicious with it. Comes and it goes. Some opportunities you want, some opportunities you don't want. Me, myself, I lean on my passion because I believe that I'm such an authentic individual that aside from when I'm actually acting on General Hospital or my recurring role is brick, okay? Or when I make the occasional appearance in a movie, I think beside that, when I'm going through the real life rigmarole of my daily grind and my daily activities, I think the number one thing people look for from me is passion and the other thing is authenticity because that's the two things I'm known for having. And if I don't have a passion for something, then guess what? I'm not being authentic. And if I'm not being authentic and I'm devoid of passion, then I'm not being Stephen A. And if I'm not being Stephen A, how can I possibly expect people to buy in, to chime? in and to support whatever I'm gravitating towards. That's how I think. 
And so on a lot of occasions, I found myself in the past passing up opportunities. And that's not to say that I'm not going to do that again. I heard Dion Cole and The Machine and others who have been on this show swearing up and down. They're going to get me on a stage to do stand up comedy. My response to them is no way in hell is that going to happen over my dead body. Y'all need to get drug tested. That shit ain't happening. But the fact of the matter is to a lot of other people, it's an opportunity that I'd be passing up. It's money I'd be leaving on the table, which gives me cause to pause and make me think, wait a minute, what if I can make money making people laugh? See, I love making people laugh. I love making people smile. I just believe comedians are those who can do so intentionally and pull it off. Me, I think when it happens for me, it's by accident. I don't think I'm a naturally funny guy. Other people believe that. Fine, I can be naturally funny. But the second I think that I'm going on stage to make you laugh, I think I'm going to get booed. I used to think that way about reality TV. I used to think that way about shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette and stuff like that. What the hell I want with stuff like that. Well, there was somebody that was presented that opportunity. He was actually a professional football player at the time he was presented that opportunity. And instead of saying, there's no way in hell am I interested in doing this. This is fool's gold. What the hell am I thinking about? Instead, he said, why not? It was because re it was before reality TV took forward. It was before it took the, the, the television world and the entertainment industry by storm. It was before it became household content people clamored for and was looking for with, with, with 18 and 19 million viewers at times for season finales and stuff like that. Jesse Palmer didn't think about walking away from the opportunity. He thought about what it would be like to embrace it. He was a football player after all. Started, you know, played football at the University of Florida. Came into the NFL and spent five years there. Had a life beyond football to think about. And wondered aloud, what the hell was he going to do with his life? Didn't know anything about reality TV. Didn't know anything much about the entertainment industry. Didn't know what the opportunity would materialize into. And yet here he is, hosting the 20th season of The Bachelorette, a former bachelor himself. How did that happen? What did he learn from it? What words of wisdom can he impart upon all of us about grabbing opportunities when they come before him or before you? Recognizing, seeing through the forest from the trees and recognizing what it could materialize into. Or even just doing it without knowing what it could materialize into. Why bother? Why waste your time? He showed it wasn't a waste of time at all. Lessons taught. Lessons learned. Jesse Palmer. Up next. With Stephen A. I'm about to talk to the Bachelorette. Or the star. Who'll be working alongside. The Bachelorette. He is Jesse Palmer. He's up next with yours truly, right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh -huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? My next guest. Went from playing quarterback in the National Football League to a contestant 
on the reality show The Bachelor, which he then parlayed into a career as a college sports commentator to finally becoming the host of The Bachelor, where it all began. And now he's going to be a part of this. The 20th season of The Bachelorette airs Monday, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on ABC. Episodes are available the following day on Hulu. I'm talking about my colleague, my buddy, uh, a great, phenomenal college football analyst, by the way, who obviously isn't doing too bad in the reality TV world. Talk about the one and only Jesse Palmer. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? How's everything? What's up, man? I appreciate that intro. Thank you. No, man, it's well-deserved, man. How, how do you feel? I mean, when you hear 20th season, The Bachelorette, what comes to your mind? Because I never thought that it would last this long, but what the hell do I know? How do you feel about it? How are you feeling about it? I feel old. That's how I feel because I was on season five of The Bachelor. So I mean, it's it's come a long way, right. man. It's Bachelor Nation. The, the fandom around the show is just so big. It's like a rabid football fan base, and with the, the the advent of social media, it's all just climbed and grown so much into this uh, it's living organism. What it is now, and it's just cool to still be a part of it. It's like a full circle moment. Mm. I think about it, and you were once a contestant on The Bachelor. Could you mind explaining to me why somebody, I mean, obviously you make people like me look ugly. Everybody knows how handsome you are. You know what I'm saying? I know you got your wife and family and all of that stuff. How in the hell did you end up going on The Bachelor? Why were you a contestant? It's not like you needed help, Jesse. How did that happen? First off, I have great lighting and makeup. So that, so that that's a given number one. Right. Um, the question you just asked is the question that all of my teammates on the New York Giants back in 2004 were asking me as well. Mm. First off, what is reality TV? Because right. it was new back then. Right. And what is this show, The Bachelor? And why are you going on it when you're a single quarterback in New York City? That's right. Yes. And I'm just a guy that, that doesn't say no very often. I say yes to a lot of things and a lot of opportunities. I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I got to share that experience with the guys in the locker room. Because Stephen A., when I tell you, it was going off every single Tuesday talking about what had just happened the night before. Mm -hmm. And there was we had viewing parties on the team. So it was all preemptive strike strategy. I had all the guys right in front of me when it was happening. Mm -hmm. Live and in time, mm -hmm. and we still laugh about it today. Did you really? Crazy. Did you really want that woman? I mean, as 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 a contestant, did you really? Because I find it very difficult to believe that all the contestants want this one girl. Oh, they want her so badly. They 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 they, they want. Did you really want her? I was the bachelor. Oh, you were the all bachelor. All the women wanted oh me. God. All the women wanted you. So let me ask you Does this Does that question. surprise you, Stephen A? Not at all. Not at all, my brother. Let me okay. ask you. And I'm sorry. I messed up on that. I apologize. Here's my thing. When you're sitting there and all the ladies wanted you, I mean, that's obviously a beautiful position to be in. No, no man will deny that. But the flip side to it is that was it really difficult for you to reject the ones that you had to reject? Yes, Stephen, because I'm a people person and I'm a pleaser. Okay. You know, and, and I care about people's feelings and right. emotions. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know, looking back on it now, if it's safe to say that they all definitely wanted me. Right. I think some of them may have liked me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if all of them were falling in love with me. Right. You know, it's so, you know, but it, it, it is, uh, you, you experience a lot going through it, trying to figure out who your mm -hmm. person is. Right. 
it, it's like running a two minute drill and you're constantly in scramble mode. Right. What were the guys it's telling you? What were the guys in the locker room telling you? Because I know they were telling you who to pick. I know they were telling you weeks in advance who to pick. But what else were they telling you? What else they were, were they telling you? So the, the greatest stories I have about that, number one, is being out in the Meadowlands during spring football and we're, we're sort of working out. Eli just joined the team. We, we just had our draft. And right. Tom Coughlin's our coach. He's walking through the stretch line. Yeah. And he's walking by Tiki Barber and he's like, hey, man, five points of pressure. Can't be fumbling the ball this year. And he's going by Eli and Kurt Warner and he's talking about reading coverage. He's going by Strahan. He's talking about, you know, breaking the sack record again. And then he gets by me and he looks at me and he goes, Jessica? Jessica? And like the last guy in the world that you ever thought in the world, the most militant head coach in the history of the NFL was actually watching the show. The other funny part was teammates that would be laughing at me about who I picked or who I didn't pick. And then all of a sudden, one of them would kind of meander by and go, hey, man, that girl you sent home last night, she's still single. <laughs> you have her number. I think you might hook a brother up. Right. And I'm like, no, man, no, that's not my, that's not the role now. That's not how this goes. So it was it was a new adventure every week in the New York Giants locker room. It was incredible. What's the difference in your estimation when you talk about being a bachelor and then being a part of a show like The Bachelorettes? Explain to some people just that dichotomy, that dynamic and what that's like and how challenging, if at all, it is for you. Uh, what I always tell people, especially when they come on the show especially the leads, the bachelor or the bachelorettes. The thing is, is there's nothing that you can do in your life that are going to prepare you for that environment, right? A lot of these people have never been on TV before. And now all of a sudden you're in this environment where there's, it feels like there's 85 cameras on you. You're lit. You're staying up till 8 a.m. doing TV all throughout the course of the night. But wow. there's just nothing that you can do in your life that's going to prepare you for that kind of situation. Mm. And I think the hardest part for people going into that environment are that they're so aware of what everybody else in the room is thinking about them. And they're also thinking about the millions of people that are going to see this on TV and what they think as well. And mm. what I always try to tell people is at the end of the day, man, you just have to be yourself and you have to be authentic because when you try to be James Bond on TV, it, it comes across to everybody in the Phony. room and it comes across to everybody at home. That's right. Yeah. You know, being organic and being authentic is the most important thing. It's no different than what you and I do in, in our, in our jobs. That's right. You know, we have to own our own opinions yep. and our own style of delivering the information. And that's who we are at the end of the day. But if I try to be like you, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. And people are going to kind of see that. It's, so it's it, similar to that in The Bachelor too. You know, did you ever anticipate that these shows, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette would be as successful of a franchise as it's been? No, not at all. Mm. Uh, what, anyway, were your initial, what were your initial not, reservations about it? What is reality TV? Yeah. It's like Bitcoin. Like, what is that? Yeah. Like, how does it, how does it work? Where is this going? Is this something that that's here to stay? Is it profitable to networks? Is it something that it's going to generate a, a fandom? Mm -hmm. Are people going to want to return and keep watching this? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I just did it because I thought it was a fun opportunity in the off season before mm -hmm. I went back to to play on the Giants. Right. Um, but it, it's grown by leaps and bounds, and I think as a show, we were just figuring it out as we were going, mm -hmm. and the show has changed 
over the years. It's been 20 years since I did it. I mean, dating myself, but it's changing a lot. And as you know, reality TV has sort of changed the TV landscape. And now with streaming, viewer behavior and podcasts and social media, it's all just continues to grow and grow. And how do you feel about the change in landscape of the whole media industry? When we think about podcasts, when we think about reality TV, when you've seen actors, actresses complaining about reality TV, because it takes, obviously it takes jobs away from them in mm-hmm. the scripted world and stuff like that. I, to me, there's room for everything. If you, if you successful and you ingratiate yourself with an audience, there's always an opportunity of success. So I don't have a problem with it. I don't think you do as well. But obviously, being the articulate individual that you are, what are your thoughts about a question like that? I think it's just content today. Yeah. I think it's what people at home crave. And they're just looking for so many different mediums and ways to get it. And I don't think they could fulfill that desire. Uh, it was insatiable. Just with standard cable television, live TV, it's all changing. I think there's enough space for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it continues to grow and grow and grow. I, mean, I don't know how my, I don't know how you do as many shows you do in <laughs> your schedule. I don't I know how know many how hours something. you got. I better know day. how to do something, Jesse. I better know how to do something. I couldn't play. I damn sure better know how to do something, my brother. I better know how to do something. Well, tell me your secrets because you're the busiest guy on TV in this industry. You, you know, I got to tell you, I was talking to somebody just a few hours ago, and they corrected me. I looked at Ryan Seacrest's landing wheel of fortune, and I'm very, very happy for him, by the way. And uh, even though I would have liked to audition for that job, but I, I, I mean, I'm of a newlywed game or the love connection. I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. Not the bachelor, the bachelorette. I wouldn't do that. But the newlywed game, the love connection, that kind of thing, that's just me. But I got a family feud even. But I got to tell you, Jesse, I looked at Ryan Seacrest and I said, Jesse Palmer's the next Ryan Seacrest. And somebody said, no, we like him even more. You got a lot of love out there. You got people looking at you and they think you're made for this stuff, made for this stuff. When you hear compliments like that, how does it make you feel? What goes through your mind at this particular juncture in your career, knowing what you do on the sports side with people like me? It's very, it's it's, uh, first off, very kind of you to say that. Uh, I'd say gratitude is probably the thing I, I feel the most. I remember being back at Florida playing for Steve Spurrier all I wanted to do was go to the league. Mm-hmm. And I had two degrees in college. I got one in marketing with a minor in education. I got a certificate of, of uh, international relations with a degree in political uh, science. Right. I was going to be an ambassador to Canada where I'm wow. from. If football didn't work out and TV sort of found me and the entertainment industry found me, I think being the bachelor back in 2004 opened up a lot of doors. And I think it's a good example of why sometimes you shouldn't be so quick to say no to things Mm -hmm. because I thought about it and I thought about what are people going to think? What's the NFL going to think? What's Ernie Acorsi, the GM of the New York Giants going to think? What's Tom Coughlin going to think? You know, the the biggest thing I I didn't want to come across was people to think I didn't love football anymore. Ever since I was seven years old, the only thing I ever wanted to do in my life was play quarterback in the NFL. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I'm very grateful for opportunities I've been given some of the amazing people I've worked with. I've been at 18 years now, ESPN, mm. um, John Saunders. Yeah. I think about people I was lucky to my share brother. a table with. My brother, you know what I mean? big yeah, brother. Like, he was of, so wonderful. Like, maybe my favorite. Yeah. One of the greatest um, of all time. We talk about Stuart Scott, who we miss dearly. We miss Robert him every Roberts day. Robert Roberts at GMA. Robert Roberts, John I mean, I've Saunders. Been no lucky. Yeah. I've been lucky for people I've worked with. Being on shows like this with you, like this, I'm, I'm yes. grateful for it. 
Yeah. And I hope I can do this a long time. I got to tell you, I mean, I look at you and I look at Michael Strahan. I look at Nate Burleson on CBS yeah. doing a phenomenal job he's doing on morning television. Of course, Michael Strahan is, speaks for itself and what he's been doing yeah. with GMA. Former athletes that are performing at a very, very high level in this industry. How do you feel about what that says about the potential for future guys on the and ladies on the come up doing this, um, mm -hmm. and, and what advice would you give to them? I think there's a lot of crossover appeal, and I think that networks and different shows and genres of shows are realizing that. I mean, Robin's an example of someone who started at ESPN, and look what she's doing now at GMA and and all the other things she's doing mm -hmm. too. I think people like Michael and myself were lucky and fortunate to get drafted to a city like New York City mm -hmm. in a media market like that, get some exposure to that. Mm -hmm. But for Nate and everybody else that's doing this, and there's countless others, um, men and women that have played sports. Uh, you know, I think sports prepares us in a lot of ways to handle these opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's great to see people that maybe once upon a time people thought were just very linear. Mm -hmm. You're an athlete. This is all you do. This is all you talk about. Right. This is the only thing you're passionate about. Um, they're given an opportunity to sort of stretch mm. and, how, and talk about other things that we like. You talk about how sports prepares you. How does sports prepare you for this field? Quick on your feet. Yeah. I think on the field. Um, I think in the locker room, in front of cameras, lots mm -hmm. of things are live. Mm. And you're a performer. Yeah. And ultimately, Stephen, I think what you and I do, we're performing. Yes. Lights come on. And it's I, a different animal. Lights it. come on. And you got to be you ready. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. And I know as athletes, we struggle so much to find the next thing that's going to give us a rush and give us that feeling of being a gladiator in the arena. And I think live TV, sports, television, no question. whatever it is, it, it, it does give you a jolt. Yeah. And that's why I think so many of us love doing it. Last question about The Bachelorette. I mean, what should people expect watching uh, this 20th season of The Bachelorette? So tell us something that we haven't seen before. What should we expect, Jesse Palmer? <laughs> Charity's a rock star. So she's she's incredible. She knows what she wants. And she doesn't, she doesn't put up with any bull. Uh, and people are going to see that. Tonight in Skimania, at the, at the rose ceremony, at the cocktail party, there's a lot of drama. A lot of technical fouls flying around all around her, but Charity's the type of person that will handle it. When something goes down with Charity, she doesn't need to go have a talk with a producer. Mm -hmm. She's, she doesn't need a, a moment to calm down and go sit down in an interview and talk her feelings out. She's going to go handle it right now. And mm -hmm. there better be a camera ready because Charity's going off script and she'll deal with it now. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I really appreciate about her. And, and on her journey to find love this year, she's been doing that. She'll continue to do that. Do so you, do, you, you know, you, you, you're a happily married man. I mean, you just came back from vacation and all of that other stuff with the lovely wife. Do you take moments to impart marital wisdom upon some of these candidates? I, I give my advice when it's asked. Okay. I'm not trying to be the guy or the host who's always inserting himself. Right. Well, this is what I would say. Yeah, this good. is what I would, this is what I would have done when I was the bachelor. Right. Everybody's unique. But if it's asked. Right. I, I but, will but, 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 but whatever Jesse, help I can get. But, but Jesse, what about looking at a dude when he does something? You're going like this. No, you should not have done that. I mean, are you going to at least do that? That's my stoic post face. <laughs> just We're on the outside. Just I'm just sort of just, 
Just stared at her, right? Just stared mm-hmm. at her. Like, what were you thinking? From on the inside, I'm like, what are you doing? That's right. That's right. Before Steve I let you, Spurrier used to look at me and say. Before I let you get on out of here, I'd be remiss in asking you this last question. You know, when it comes to college football, I ride with Nick Saban all day, every day. Alabama. But I recognize the fact that the Georgia Bulldogs are the reigning two-time defending champions and stuff like that. Uh, uh, who you got as your favorites going into the college football season this year? You know, it's so interesting because when we think about the upper echelon right now in the college football playoff picture, and you mentioned two of the teams right away, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State's always going to be there now. Um, Michigan, a team that's made it the last two years. I think the one difference, one thing that we're going to talk a lot about is the quarterback position and how Georgia has to reload from Stetson Bennett and CJ Stroud's gone from Ohio State and Bryce Young obviously was the first pick by the Panthers gone from Bama. Michigan is the only team in that group that brings back a starting quarterback and they bring back a really good one in J.J. McCarthy. Mm. Could that be the difference? Could this could this be a year that maybe that par- there's a bit of a paradigm shift and Michigan yeah. is able to take the next step because we know how important the quarterback position is. Now you mentioned Nick Saban. How many times over the recent years and how good have the quarterbacks been year in, year right. out? Right. Tua, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts back in the day, um, and obviously Bryce Young. Yes. But there's but that is a big question mark in yeah, Tuscaloosa it this yeah, year. It is. The massive game at home against a loaded Texas team, and then obviously a loaded schedule in the SEC. There's a lot of question marks, more question marks, I would argue, this year mm. amongst the elite teams than maybe we've had in recent years. Last question. Deion Sanders, obviously we wish him nothing but the best in terms of his health because we know he's had some challenges, but yeah. he's the new coach at Colorado who I think was like yeah. the Buffaloes, 1-11 last year. Anything yeah. to expect? I'm not talking about national championship or anything like that his first year, but is there anything to expect from Colorado in the Pac-12 this year? You know, I, I think Colorado fans would tell you, first off, I think if you just watch the product on the film this year, on the field, you're going to see a, a much improved product. To your point, are they going to win a national championship? Are they going to win the Pac-12? Probably not. But because of who he's hired on his staff, he's brought in from a recruiting standpoint from the portal mm-hmm. I mean, this is a much more talented team i'm excited to see just how much more competitive they're going to be i know they're going to close the gap a lot mm-hmm. question is by how much but no doubt he's got the program already headed in a much better direction and here's the thing Stephen a we're talking about colorado that's right Absolutely. Did we do that before no, i can't remember I mean, it's been i mean Dion figure i mean like like Eric Bieniemy, back in the back in the day, early '90s, I feel like, right? That's right. So, I mean, he's got a spotlight on the program. He's got it headed in the right direction, and, and there's a lot of expectation. I got you. We'll, we'll see how this looks. The host of The Bachelorette, season twenty, ABC. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on ABC. The one and only Jesse Palmer, my brother. It's always good to see you. So happy for you. So proud of you, my man. Keep doing the great work that you've been doing. I look forward to seeing you, especially during the college football season. And I will be watching The Bachelorette. I will be watching it. I want to see you. Attaboy. All right. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. No problem, buddy. Take care. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Man, oh man, 
Really, really appreciate that conversation with Jesse Palmer. Great guy, by the way. Um, outstanding college football analyst. That's where I know him from. Okay. I'm going to watch The Bachelorette. I ain't lying about that. Because I want to see how he maneuvers his way through that terrain, hosting that particular show in this particular season with that particular Bachelorette. Well, let's find out. But I want to give props where props is due to the sport commentator that is Jesse Palmer. Outstanding college football analyst. Knows his stuff. I can tell you that. Backwards and forwards. He's really, really great at what he does. It's going to be around for a long time, in case y'all didn't notice. Congrats to Jesse Palmer. Congrats to The Bachelorette and it's entering its 20th season. Wishing them all the best. Remember, it airs on ABC, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Um, make sure to check it out. All right? Until then, I'm signing off. This is the Stephen A. Smith Show. And by the way, don't forget, we're here in studio. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. And make sure to like and subscribe to get notified about all of our new content. Just click on the bell to get the most up-to-date notifications. And you, too, will continue to follow the Stephen A. Smith Show. Until a later date, ladies and gentlemen. Take care of yourself. Peace and love. Be safe. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.